So our special guest today is Brian Smith. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 42 years old. I excuse me, 43 years old. Um, I live in Ohio. I uh, live in Chansey. I've lived in Ohio most of my life. Grew up on 80s slasher movies and grew up on um, horror movies in general. My uh, parents didn't really have a, a limit until it was, you know, time for me to see what George Romero's Day of the Dead was. And even then, the leash was the leash was pulled and I was told I wasn't allowed to watch that. Yeah. Um, even though that was the, that, um, no, actually it was uh, two George Romero movies that my, that my parents went to see before I was born. So while my mom was still pregnant with me, they went to a drive-in, my mom and dad did, and they went to see the original Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the yeah. Dead. So it's their fault then. Yeah. That you brought horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely their fault. So tell us about your books then. Well, I've got a short story collection called Dark Avenues. It's um, it was my first book that came out in 2019. My first actual, you know, physical copy book in uh, December of 2019. And then yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> COVID set me back for about a, about a year, two years, maybe. And then I didn't, I didn't get COVID, but it was kind of, with everything going on, it was hard to get anything done. And yeah. I mostly just, just stick to, I mostly just stuck to short stories. And I think I wrote a novella and, um, and then I, um, uh, did my uh, second novel, which is called consuming darkness. It's a um, throwback to the 80s, 90s creature features. It would yeah. be very reminiscent of Jeepers Creepers, um, the Night Flyer. Um, it's about a creature that terrifies that that terrifies a small town. And yeah. there's a sheriff who's the only person that can stop him. And then a uh, month later, after that one came out, I published a book called Abby's Wrath through uh, Alien Buddha Press. And that was a supernatural horror. It's kind of like Mean Girls, but if somebody, you know, like, how can I say this? If I don't want to say Shirley Jackson did it, but if if Mean Girls was a was a horror story, was a horror movie instead of a, yeah. you know, teen movie. Um the anniversary of a girl's suicide comes in and these three women who were responsible for it and um, for bullying her, um, they are they're living their own lives and they're, you know, doing what they what they do, you know, having kids, yeah. having a job. One of them's got a um, one of them's a widow with a little girl and something is terrorizing them. And they believe that it is the spirit of the girl who they bullied and who they bullied. And then um, I published a, a novel called Bad Allergies through uh, Evil Cookie Publishing. That was one of my, um, that was one book I was, I kind of allowed myself to let my hair down and go, you know what, I'm just going to make this as, you know, gory as possible. Get this, yeah. you know, gore streak of mine started. And then um, the 
And then uh, earlier on this year, I published, um, actually, it was uh, later on this year, I published my uh, zombie novel, Dead River, which has been getting a lot of praise, which has been getting a lot of um, attention. That concerns a man who is um, guilty, who's who's walking around with his personal guilt during the zombie apocalypse, and he's trying to find his way out of a uh, zombie-ridden Ohio. And yeah. he meets some people along the way, gets gets asked to do a favor, meets more people along the way, and then gets asked to do another favor. So it's, if, you know, zombie apocalypse novels are right up your alley, this is a, this is one not to miss. I think a lot of zombie aficionados would, would, would love this book. Great. So what inspired you to write in the horror genre? Well, um, as a kid growing up in the horror movie genre in the 80s, when, you know, Freddy and Jason were starting to come out of the woodwork and, you know, everyone was like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do holiday horror movies. We're going to do, you know, New Year's Eve and April Fool's Day and Happy Birthday to Me and all these slasher movies came out. I was I was more concerned with like anthology movies. I was I was a uh, um, I remember being in second grade living in California, which is a good place to live, but excuse me, a good place to visit, but never a good place to live. I'm I have yeah. nothing against people who live in California, if that's that's their you know taste and you know all the power to them. But I, I would I we was there for about a year, and I was infatuated with the movie Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. Every time we went to a, a, a store to rent a movie, that was the one I grabbed. It was owned by a Vietnamese couple. And the husband was always like, oh, Ryan's coming. So he would have the movie sitting on the countertop along yeah. with a bag of Reese's Pieces. And while my mom and my sister and my brother checked out movies, I went in the back and kind of like, because their, their son and I went to the same school. So we would kind of just, you know, you know, just go back there and he would like he had cars, like, you know, matchbox cars and Hot Wheels and all stuff. I think he would I would go back there and play with him while my mom and my brother and sister would go and look for their movies. And, you know, ever since then, you know, movies, horror movies in general have been kind of uh, been kind of been, you know, personal to me. They have a. Yeah. I got a connection with them because you know i i love jaws kingdom of the spiders i started loving bug movies and you know started doing that there for a while and then i just you know sat one day and started telling my sister bedtime stories my parents were like you could you could do that for 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 a living you could yeah. tell stories for a living i was that good because nobody else could tell her story but me and she was three years younger than me. So, you know, she, here she is like, you know, I want to say like maybe, say she's born in 83. I'll say between 86 and 87, I would sit and read and, you know, tell her bedtime stories to put her to sleep. Yeah. Did you use terrify her? Do the normal sibling thing? Um, I kind of, I, I just kind of like, you know, eased her into it. <laughs> you know, I started with like, you know, 
Rapunzel and then Goldilocks. And then I said, well, technically, Goldilocks does not end this way. And my mom and dad are like, don't tell her the truth. If you tell her the truth, you will give her nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, being the loving brother. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't lie to her after a while. She was like, because I mean, it it got to where she was, um, I want to say 87, but the winter of, of 87 was when I stopped doing it. And she's like, you never did tell me. What happened at the end of Goldilocks? I said, "Well, technically, I said she doesn't. She doesn't make it out of the house. You know, Goldilocks gets gets the the bears end up end up eating her." <laughs> and she's like, "No way!" I said, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom and dad's like, "Going, oh my god, we asked you not to tell her." <laughs> <laughs> We gave you one job and you failed at it. (laughs) Brothers and sisters. (laughs) I can't help it. I can't, I can't lie to her. And, you know, she's my little sister. She doesn't, she's, you know, a little, she's a, you know, a little girl doesn't, you know, she's, she's in the world. She's like five, six years old. She doesn't know everything. She doesn't know. And I can't sugarcoat it. So I had to tell her when she was like eight or nine. Yeah, about eight or nine. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So how do you come up with your dark stories? Well, sometimes I will like watch a movie or I'll listen to an audio book or I'll watch like a like a, um, a TV anthology movie uh, show, you know, like Tells from the Crib, Twilight Zone, both Twilight Zones, uh, Tells from Dark Side, Night Gallery, you know, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yeah. You know, I'll watch anything that has like horror anthology shows. I love them. I can I, I could watch them a lot. But I would take I would watch those and I'd be like, you know, wouldn't it be kind of funny if wouldn't it be curious if this happened instead of this. Like today, I was I was listening to a. Um, no, I was watching the original Wicker Man today. Which, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Yeah, watch the original and the one with Nicholas Cage. In. I like the original one better. Nothing against Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing against uh... him. <laughs> Yeah, they're both good films, but the original, the originals have got that kind of um, feeling to them, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Christopher Lee, awesome performance. <laughs> that man did did that roll down. He was he literally did it with one hand tied behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I would kind of watch something, and I'd be like, "Well, you know, what wouldn't, wouldn't this be good?" So I was watching The Wicker Man, and I was like. Imagine if a guy was trying to, was writing about what happened inside of a cave. And then I just kind of started writing it down today, just scribbling it down. Because it's raining. It was raining today, so I didn't turn my computer on to start, you know, tacking away at the the keyboard. So I just just trying to, like, write it down. And I ended up writing, like, a 11-page story. 
Wow. So you just get your ideas from whatever's around you and whatever you're watching at the time. Yeah, I got a, um, I got the uh, the inspiration for my novella Dark Avenues, which is in the same um, short. It's available as an ebook and and in the short story collection with the same name. I got the inspiration for that novella when I went to camp, when I went to summer camp one year, and we got to do headstone rubbings. And I love doing headstone rubbings. Oh, yeah, I get you now. I got to to do headstone rubbings and I I didn't want to leave. I wanted to do, like, they let me do three of them. That's how happy inside I was. And I got to take them home, you know, at the end of the camp week, I got to take them back home. I got to take them home with me. And I, we had a trailer fire and I ended up, and I ended up losing them. So, yeah. and I wanted, and you know, I try to make the attempt to go back out and do that again. Cause I really enjoy that. You know, yeah. I really enjoyed the old headstone rubbings and, you know, getting people's headstones and, you know, kind of like, you know, memorializing them, remembering them, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what's the most challenging aspect of writing for you? Um, there are times where I will rush through because I type so fast. I will type something and I'll either leave a word out or misspell one. Yeah. And that can kind of like when I when I go to publish something, when I published Dark Dark Avenues the very first time, I had to go back into it and change a lot of words that were missing, a lot of words that were misspelled, that kind of thing there. And that's why I tend to kind of I I tend to stumble around on that. I tend to trip over my own feet when it comes to that. And that's why, thank God I have good friends that are willing to beta read this stuff and tell me, yeah, you got a word missing on, you know, page 42 and yeah. Yeah. I'm the same though. I, I miss words out and my grammar's terrible. So I need somebody to go over mine. I think that's uh, unfortunately what we have to do as authors, just to make sure that we've got it all done correct. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so do you ever scare yourself with anything that you write? Not really. I have. Um, I've. I've made myself cry. Though I've made myself you make cry. cry. Yeah. I wrote a uh, short story called um, "The Third Day on the Third Week of Every Month," and yeah, it was based off of the song. Delta Dawn by Tanya Tucker. It was it was one of my mom's favorite songs, but she could never find the song to own it. She could never find the right record or CD to own it. And for the life of me, she was like, "That is that is such a good song. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, listen to it." And of course, she died in 2013. 2015, I had I got Spotify for the for the first time. Yeah. And I was listening to it and I just started just, you know, writing out this story. And I just and and every line that I that I wrote, 
I, I just got, I, I, I got sadder and sadder, but I still wanted to keep writing. I, I didn't want to stop writing because I was like, no, I got to finish this. This, this has got to be done. Yeah. And when I was done writing it, when I was done writing down the, you know, writing down the twist at the end of it, I won't, I won't give it away. For those that read it, know what the twist is. For those that don't, I, I don't want to spoil it for them. But yeah, of course. When I got done writing that 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 twist, I just I stopped and I just put my face in my in my hands and I just started bawling because it's something that people go through and experience every day, all the time. Yeah, you're right. So how has the horror genre evolved over the years, do you think? Well, I think it's evolved because we've got new new voices. We have um, Latinos, Latinx. I'm not sure how you say it. I, I, I didn't want to say it wrong. Uh, you know, yeah. we got Latinos coming in and they're they're putting their own little, you know, they're putting their 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 dust into it. And they're like, you know, hey, you know, we want to come in here and introduce this new version. And then you have uh, Brazen Folk Horror from, you know, Ruthann Jag. And then you got, um, you know, Queer Horror. That's, that's, that's making a, uh, uh, that's making a, uh, statement now, nowadays, you know, people are writing about, you know, LGBTQ characters and putting them in horror and horrifying situations. Yeah. And I think, and we've also evolved because of, found footage movies we've evolved because they're starting to you know do these little they're starting to do original concepts and they're not i mean we can say that you know hp lovecraft stephen king were our inspirations we can say that all the time and But we're always going to go back to the to the point to where it's like we can take our own concept from what we've learned from these two men and do our own thing. You know, we can do our own thing. You know, we can even like we can learn from, you know, guys like Jack Ketchum and Clive Barker and Ralph James White, uh, Brian Keene, Mary San Giovanni, all those. And we kind of create our own our own concepts and that's why horror has evolved in a in a good way it's i'm i'm you know shocked at you know the the rise in the interest in in horror you know yeah i mean with every single book that you read um you're going to be inspired aren't you um it doesn't matter who wrote it in the horror genre you're going to be inspired and obviously yeah. new writers will obviously take those on board and see what's being written and they'll put their own spin on things. So it's always going to keep evolving. And I do think the horror genre will get the attention that it deserves eventually, but at the moment it's still working its way up there, I think. I think it's working. I think, the you know, like my my nephew, I love him to death. Okay, the boy's a spitting image of me. He looks, you know, 
he's he's into slasher movies. He's into you know Freddy and Jason and um, Michael Myers. You know, but he's not so much into Slender Man and Chucky. He won't yeah. he won't watch them. But he's starting to get into the into the horror genre a lot. Yeah. Does he say why he doesn't like Chucky and Slender Man? He he's he's not he's not one. I guess he watched a Slender Man movie or he played a Slender Man game and got and just got scared. Uh right. Yeah. Chucky scared me when I was a bit younger. Because it was <laughs> It's yeah. a doll, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I asked for my buddy right around the time Child's Play came out. <laughs> I wanted a my buddy, and my sister wanted a kid sister. As soon as our mom got them watching that, she's like, Yeah, you're not you're not getting one of those. Why? <laughs> you're not getting a my buddy, and she's not getting a kid sister. Why? because <laughs> i don't want that thing coming alive that's why <laughs> yeah my kids i bought my kids one of these i think it was called an american friend doll and it's quite big um it used to scare the crap out of me every time i saw it so yeah <laughs> not a good thing so i actually any... have i'm sorry i actually have nope. a real annabelle doll really yeah the, I actually have um, the real Annabelle doll. The, the real Raggedy Ann and Andy. Yeah. Yeah. The Raggedy Ann and Andy doll. That's what they call it, the Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. I've actually got one. It's it's in my other it's in my my other room. And it has a cross taped to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in there. It has it has a cross taped to its chest. Yeah, but I, 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 I wouldn't not, even entertain I'm it. Not messing around. <laughs> I am not messing around. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any memorable reactions from readers that uh, particularly stand out to you? Well, I um, sent a, uh, I sent some copies out for book blurbs for my book, Dead River, and every one of them came back. Just, I mean, they were all just completely blown away. Like there was... Um, there's a um, a type of situation where one of the people that have to get out of here. There's a there's a twelve year old. There's a yeah, he's 12, 11. He's a young boy. He's eleven years old, and he's got a baby sister named Rosie. Yeah, and they're trying, and he's trying to save those two. At the same time, he's trying to save three other people. And then, of course, you start to kind of think that the baby's going to don't don't let the baby die. Like I was literally told if the baby dies, I'm, I'm I cannot continue this book. Yeah. And that was one of the things I, I wanted to get across because it's things like that that create really good tension that get a lot of people's attention and get and get readers glued to the page. So if you got that little bit of something, that little bit of something in there that's gonna that's gonna trap them in. That's gonna that that's gonna carry the story and carry them through it. Use it. Yeah, 
you know, I always tell them, just use it because it will add tension. It will add suspense and it will add a lot of, I mean, like I said, the whole time you're reading this book, you're thinking the baby better not die. I will be mad if the baby dies. <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, way to keep the read going, isn't it, with the tension that's going on in the book? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so what advice would you give to aspiring horror writers? Read what you love, write what you love. If you read dark romance, write dark romance and love doing it the whole time. If you like uh, crime noir. Read a lot of crime noir, write it well, and love doing it. And there's there's going to be a day where it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out the way you want it to. It's not going to it's not going to end the way you like it. But you learn from it. You correct those mistakes, and you keep trying, and you don't stop. You don't give up. Okay, you do not give up. I tell writers that all the time. Do not give up. No matter yeah. how bleak it looks, no matter how, you know, time consuming, no matter what it happens, don't give up. Keep going. You may have a classic. Yeah, it you can't know, be Stephen hard, can it? Yeah, because remember, Stephen King threw Carrie in the trash can. Tabitha had to pull it out and tell him, you need to continue with us. Yeah, it became a hit. Um, yeah, it became his signature. Yeah, one of his signature novels that put him on the map pretty much. Yeah, it did. Countless movies been made after it as well. Sequel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, it can be hard sometimes when you're oh, sitting yeah. down in front of the computer and you know what you want to say, but you can't actually get onto the paper. It can be hard. I, I, you know, Stephen King once said the hardest part is starting the hardest part of a novel or yeah, is starting that or starting. Yeah. And it can be, it can be hard to start one. It can be difficult because you're like, okay, how do I get my point across without boring them? How do I get my point across, you know, neatly and not to where I'm all, I got them all sidetracked, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the, the, the question at hand. That's, that's what's going through your mind is how can I start this? And, and grab their attention because you always want to grab their attention with the first sentence. That's right. I've heard that a lot, to be fair, that the first sentence has to sort of like grab the reader. Yeah. Well, there you go. So thank you, Brian, for being on the show. It's been fantastic having you here. Is there anything well, else you you'd like to add? You're well, very welcome. I, well, I would like to uh, inform I would like to let to let everyone know that I will be releasing my first short story collection in six years. I will be releasing it next July. Yeah. 
and um, I've already got a cover for it. I'm going to wait for the cover to be fixed before I can before I post it up on uh, any um, social media outlets. Um, I'm currently working on a first person present tense found footage novella. Yeah. And um, I just like to, you know, thank everybody for tuning in and thank you for having me on. And uh, if you ever want me to come back, just let me know and I'd, I'd, I'd be up for it. Yeah, more than welcome to come back, Brian. Don't worry. Whenever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right.